Welcome along to the preview here on Balzali in partnership with Ladbrokes. Where we're looking ahead to Ireland versus Serbia on Tuesday night, but we're probably doing it more so by looking back on Ireland's disappointing 1-1 draw with Azerbaijan uh, yesterday in the Aviva Stadium. Delighted to do so in the company of former international and club teammates, uh, Ladbrokes ambassador Kevin Doyle and Stephen Hunt. Lads, you're very welcome to the show. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, just wanted to run through the uh, headlines um, from the, the the papers today, lads, because it's not uh, good reading for uh, Stephen Kenny. The uh, Sun, the Irish Sun, the Sun saying just drawful. Um, fans boo as World Cup bid is crushed in stalemate. The Sunday World saying good as over. Ireland's World Cup dream um, dies in front of fans. Also, just to see there that Paul McGrath, who we'll talk about a little bit later, saying the book stops with boss Stephen Kenny. The Sunday Mirror saying it's a Crying Shane, we deserve a uh, 4-1 in Sis Kenny. We'll talk about that. Not so sure about that one. Uh, the Irish Mail on Sunday saying just not good enough. Simple as that. Faro progress lost as um, as wait for a competitive win drags on. The Sunday Independent frustration once again. Uh, Duffy to the rescue, but draw um, offers no comfort to Kenny struggles. And then finally, the Sunday Times. Minnows, Azerbaijan, leave Irish World Cup heroes in tatters. So... Yeah, like really, really tough to uh, take, I guess, from an Irish point of view. Last night, Kevin, you were at the um, you were at the ground. Obviously, you were commenting on RTE, and we heard what you will go through your take in a minute. But Stephen, just first of all, what did you make of the whole thing? It's it's just one of those results that's just very, very hard to take when you're an Irish fan uh, playing against a team as lowly as Azerbaijan. Yeah, I think combined over the last two. 90 minutes on a whole, I think Ireland's performances have been pretty good. Uh, take the emotion out of last night, run through it from a coach's point of view. And it's very difficult because I thought it was good movements, good patterns of play, some real bright stuff, some real entertaining stuff at certain periods of the game. And then there's the frustration that comes with it of the goal they, that they scored, which was obviously was a very good goal. So overall, take the emotions out of it. I think Ireland didn't play that bad. and. Very difficult to sit here as an Irish fan, having lost, having drawn the game and then lost against Portugal. is It's very frustrating, for sure. Mm. Why, though, is it like that, you know, maybe we did play well, maybe there was there was green shoots to the performances, I suppose, Kevin, as we talk about so much, but this is becoming a bit of a pattern now. You mentioned it on TV, one point at home to Luxembourg and Azerbaijan, simply not good enough. Why aren't we able to get these results at the moment if we're, if we're playing so well and there's all these signs of progress? Um... <laughs> the impossible answer. Um, yeah, like, like Stephen said, in isolation, that game wasn't the worst in the world last night. Um, you know, you take the chances the second half, the pressure upon them. We could have won that game. And you, and, you know, if all you know the last year had been different, you'd say, listen, it wasn't a bad performance for us. But just when you take all our results together, our lack of competitive win, one point at home from um, Azerbaijan, and uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, and then the Portugal game, you're right. And it, all of it just adds up to, you know, everyone just losing a little bit of patience, a little bit of faith. And I feel for the manager, we don't have, we obviously don't have the same, I suppose, experience in the squad, the same maybe players right now playing at the level of maybe managers have had in the, in the recent past. But still, when you, when you look at the Azerbaijan team, um, you'd say we've enough to beat them. So... That's that's what's the way everyone is frustrated. That's why 
the pressure is on the manager and, and the same mistakes make I know I'm sorry the same mistakes we see game after game and the manager never seems to say anything about it you know simple things we're doing the hard stuff fairly well the stuff the playing good football the difficult things to do right giving us confidence to play from the back but the little details not closing people down it seems to happen you know time after time the Luxembourg goal you know the goals against Serbia the goal last night just not putting pressure on the ball and he, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem to say anything about it after the game he seems to always go on about how we should have won and how we played well and, you know details like that are massively important details that he doesn't seem to seem to focus on yeah it's hard to know whether it's happening behind the scenes so I suppose there's a bigger picture even outside of Kenny and we'll get to him because we're going to go through some of the things that are written in the papers and an awful lot of it is Kenny's last chance and in or out Stephen but you know this is going back to Ireland played Gibraltar in the last qualifying campaign. Uh, our last competitive win was 15 games ago against Gibraltar. That was 1-0. We beat them 2-0 at home earlier in that campaign with a goal in the... I think our second goal came deep into injury time, Robbie Brady. This is an ongoing problem with Ireland is that we can't break down these lower-level teams. You guys will have played a number of games against you know, uh, this level of teams. Ireland always won those games. It wasn't always easy. But what are we doing differently that we just can't break them down, souls from our forwards, etc.? Yeah, I, you know what I was saying when Kevin was talking out loud there. When you win games and you get in a pattern of winning games, we're playing well. And at the moment, we're playing well and losing. So I think we need to look at one or two games and turn our way and then find a way of winning. Uh, everything this two years ago. We want to embrace the new style of play, pass through the lines. I said it then, we needed four years to rebuild the learning curve. Winning games a bit more than what I thought, to be fair. But definitely over the last two years when we changed to Stephen, based on the manager, based on the young players coming into free. And then obviously, when will the young players realise that they have to win games to be a success as well? And that comes with time, unfortunately. And maybe Stephen Kenny doesn't have that time. We'll see. Hmm. You want to get your comments in for Stephen and Kenny. Uh, Kevin uh, asked them any questions. Kenny, obviously, on the mind. Uh, we're going to talk about him uh, in a second. Uh, but do get your comments in for the lads, and we'll put them to you. The two boys are also going to pick their team for the Serbia game on Tuesday night uh, before the end of the show. Kevin, what do you make of that? Like, is there a, I don't know. Like, I mean, I was thinking even of some of the changes last night. A lot would have been taken out of the team on Wednesday night between, you know, a, a backs to the wall, you know, kind of game. You predicted Ireland would actually get a draw from that game. You were one of the few and you were very, very close. But Ireland did play well. We shouldn't forget that. But when you can't back it up like that and then you do things like you change Seamus Coleman's position, you change Matt Doherty had a very good game. You put it, you, you know, he's in a more familiar position, obviously, on the right. But you're still changing things up. You're changing two thirds of a successful midfield uh you know um yeah game like was there probably just too much tinkering even i think so like like i can see what stephen kenny's trying to do and we all want them we all want them to be successful of course we do and um it, he has a really difficult job but last night i thought he just made it more difficult for himself you know why he one of his one of the things that's gone on last year, and I said it last night, is we've missed players through COVID, we've missed players through injuries, and we haven't had a chance to have a settled side. And we had a chance last night, apart from Darrow Shea's injury, to have a settled side with the same, you know, stick him in the same position. They had confidence. I know they got beat by, against Portugal, but they got it was a good feeling. They had confidence, and lads have to get you know international football. You're not playing with each other all the time, so a chance to play together again in the same positions, have a bit of continuity, 
people, you know, start to be, have a telepathic relationship defensively as well as attacking. We seem to forget about defense. We haven't kept a clean sheet. I don't know when the last time it was. You know, we're conceding against Andorra. We're conceding against Luxembourg. We're conceding against Azerbaijan. It's not a dirty word to have a clean sheet and have a good defensive performance. And by just changing those players, needlessly, I felt, you know, Seamus Coleman was really good against Portugal. The best I've seen him in a while. Matt Doherty the same. A real attacking outlet, not just defensively, but an attacking outlet. And to take that away from Seamus when we didn't need to, um, to bring James McLean in on the left one, I think Matt Doherty is better there and looks so confident and comfortable there against Portugal. I just think it was unnecessary tinkering. They're young, fit, fresh players. They're saying we're playing with a tough game against Portugal. Well, Azerbaijan had a tough game as well against Luxembourg. So listen, they had to travel back to Ireland. They're young players. It's early, early in the season. They've only played a couple of games. They could have easily come around and played another 90 minutes. McGrath was brilliant against Portugal. Didn't get on the pitch last night. You know, just strange, strange decisions. And you're allowed to question these decisions. I, I, I can understand why we're not winning games, or I can understand why we mightn't have the players at the moment. But you also can question why the manager, to me, is making it a bit more difficult for himself than, than it already is. Yeah. I want to get to some of the some of the papers here, but what's it like? I don't know if you two are either too much experience of it. I'm definitely not uh, going from anything specific in my head. But what is it like coming into a squad playing two games in five days when you haven't been playing club football? I know it's early in the season, so nobody's necessarily fully up to to full pace yet anyway. But at the same time, if you're Aaron Connolly, you've played 45 minutes all season. If you're Adam Eda, you're coming on for five, 10 minutes at the end of Norwich games and so on and so forth. There's a lot of these guys just not playing football at the moment. Yeah, but Kev's right. It's early on in the season. There's no issue with fitness. They've all had a long break. Don't forget, some of the, most of these players are playing play the Championship and League One, and they've had a real good summer off. Like So, not like the Irish players went to the Euros. I, I would Obviously, Portugal had not much time off, but we've had some good time off. We had no competition to play in, unfortunately. I think the Irish players were fresh. I, I agree with Kev. Maybe it was two or three changes too much. The good feel factor was definitely there from Portugal, even though the loss was... It's clear to see in the end, unfortunately. But listen, I think Seamus had played really well right wing back. I think Docker played left wing back well, even though James gave us good balance down the left hand side. I think maybe one or two changes, too many. But you can understand, you can see what Stephen's trying to do. But it's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the great Paul McGrath is in the um, Sunday World today, and just. You know, talking about the future of Stephen Kenny, that's what most of the papers are talking about today, you know. It, but McGrath saying, uh, Stephen has had a year and a half to put his stamp on the team. A difficult year and a half, admittedly, with all that's going on in the world. But that is enough time to start getting results. But in the second half, all we did was what we used to do under Giovanni Trapattoni and Martin O'Neill. We put balls into the box and hope for someone to get a header on it. There's no passing uh, ball around here. And I think Hunty's dog wants to make a comment, mate. Oh, so I'm God. really agreeing with Paul McGrath. Seriously. Probably talk more sense than us, anyway. <laughs> My apologies, guys. <laughs> Don't worry about it. This is, we're all getting really worked up by these uh, by these Irish performances. But Paul also saying that, take it from me, that kind of knocking in football is easy to defend against. Like, for all the talk of progress and of uh, the style of play, that Stephen Kenny is looking to play. We're scoring with headers. We're knocking balls into the box. You know, we're playing maybe with a little bit of more life. And in the first 20 minutes, we did see that. But are we actually seeing any progress? We're going to, like, I I, I, I don't want to be kind of, like, too sort of, this is it now, we have to get rid of Stephen Kenny. Because I actually don't even believe that. But are we seeing any progress for, like, in the um, performances? I, I think in a, in, a, in a footballing sense, as in a, you know, forget the results side of it, 
in an easy on the eye, we have seen progress. I thought we were, you know, in different stages. We haven't been able to string it together. In different stages, Serbia away, I thought we saw progress. Portugal, I thought we played really good football. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong. In the second half, we had to swing cross in the box. We had to try something different because, you know, we, we had to try to get a goal. It was desperate stakes at that stage. But then, you know, talking about us, there's nothing wrong with putting crosses in the box. Look at Portugal. You know, Portugal were just swinging crosses into the box against us for the last 10 or 15 minutes. They managed, they managed to get two goals from it. We managed to get one goal from it the other night or last night against Azerbaijan. So there's nothing wrong with swinging the best teams in the world do it when they're desperate for a goal and there's only 10 or 15 minutes left. And that's what we were doing last night. So I don't, I don't mind that. I think we have seen progress. My frustration, again, I'm repeating myself, is, you know, Stephen, Stephen Kenny seems to be so um, focused on the bigger picture and bringing players through and all about, you know, trying to change the style of football and totally forgetting about the basics of keeping a clean sheet, making yeah. sure we're solid, making sure the basics are done right. And as I said, it's a pattern in the last few months of goals against us. True. A frustration because it's a simple thing, you know, and it's simple looking on for us, obviously, but simple thing of, you know, closing, stopping crosses or getting out to stop a shot. You know, four people around the Luxembourg center forward who can take it down, turn and have a shot from 20 yards. Um, so it's simple things that are actually costing us. We're managing to do the more difficult stuff, stuff we haven't probably done in years in attractive style of football. He's, he's managed to do while forgetting about the, the basics of the game, which are customs. But Kevin, the good performances are possibly Serbia for most of it anyway we were probably caught with goals there didn't make the scoreline look pretty well went ahead portugal without a doubt you know some other we're not playing well against luxembourg and azerbaijan no. and they're the games that ireland have to win everything else is, is is where we you know the difference between qualifying and not but the difference between us being competitive and not is beating azerbaijan and luxembourg so what is it what like i i know we can't put our finger on it but like that has to be where the manager comes in because we can say we don't have the players and we can say that we're not at that level that we used to be. But that's when you're talking about Serbia and Portugal. When you're talking about Azerbaijan and Luxembourg, we're still at a level above these guys in terms of players anyway. Yeah, we should be. That's that's why everyone is, you know, you know, everyone gives is give is giving Stephen plenty of time because you know they know it's going to be difficult. But that's why the frustration comes out in the last month or two, especially because we haven't. You know, you're playing Luxembourg at home and you think all the development we're doing. At least we get three points in that game, or we won't lose the game anyway, you know. And we get points in both playing by China. They're the ones where we can build a bit of confidence in the squad, and he hasn't managed to do it. Listen, you could say it was a bit unlucky last night, in fairness, in that you look at the, you know, not clear cut. We didn't break him down. They sat so deep, it's difficult. Mm. You know, as again, I'm going to take this game in isolation. Azerbaijan lost one day to Portugal in Portugal through an OG. So, like, they're no mugs. They're every and they're another 112th in the world. Uh, it doesn't say a whole lot about them, but when you look at them recently, and they do cause trouble. And when any team is organised and puts people behind the ball, which you do away from home in Dublin, um, for them, it's difficult to break down. We don't have world-class players to break them down, but Portugal do have world-class players, and they didn't break them down, but they managed to win. And in the past, we would have won this game. Um, as you listed out, you, you're saying like we didn't beat teams in the past. We beat, we beat Gibraltar 1-0 or beat them 2-0 but we beat them and that's the difference you know we haven't you know one nil last night grand move on beat luxembourg at home and and that's a whole different world for stephen kenny then but you know this conversation isn't happening but we haven't and you know there's a saying you're a lucky manager or a good manager and he hasn't had he hasn't had any luck but you have to make your own luck and again i go back to the focus and a bit more on the here and the now and winning the game than the whole you know, I'm bringing through 20 players and they're all kids and I'm just trying to develop them and, and make them good footballers and we'll have something in two years or four years. Well, that's fine, but you still need to pick up a few points and a few wins along the way. And these are these two so-called easy games are the ones you do that. And 
you know, this is why the pressure is on him. Um, you know, he's the manager, and I think you said Paul said the book stuff, the book does stuff with the manager. He he knows that. He's been in these positions at clubs. He's had fantastic success at club. He's also had, you know, disappointments at clubs as well. So he yeah. knows the pressure he's under. Um, and it's up to him to figure out. He's got four games left in the group. Is it four mm, games? Four got games, yeah. Big, big four games for him, you know, to see whether, to see again, you know, get a win out of those four games, get a couple of wins out of those four games, um, just to give him that bit of leeway so he can keep trying to bring these young players through and, and get them the experience. So in the next campaign, that this is all out of the way under their belt and we can go on. Stephen, there's a stack going around on Twitter last night that Azerbaijan has 26 full-time employees working in academies in in that country ireland has known we're on a list with i think three other countries one is northern ireland and in all of europe that has no full-time people working in academies in, in in the country right you take that right you're involved with with deals for young irish players um you know maybe going to england whatever this is a team that's based around one club team, really, who regularly play in the, uh, this is Azerbaijan I'm talking about, who play in the uh, Europa League group stages. I think eight out of nine last year, the, the eight out of the last nine years, and I think the other year they played in the Champions League. So while Azerbaijani football and the amount of players aren't as good as what Ireland have, they keep their players, they play for one really strong team, they play at a high level in Europe, and they develop that way, and the best players go abroad, whereas the natural default in Ireland is for everybody to go abroad, all basically nearly all professional players. Given how hard it is, you look at someone like Adam Ida, you look at you know various different players not really getting game time in Premier League at the moment, whereas they might have in the past players of that level. It's getting harder and harder. Do we need just a seismic rethink of the entire process here and how we develop professional footballers? I know that's not a conversation that's just about today, and it's certainly not just about Stephen Kenny, but these things add up over time. And this is, you know, we're, we've two regular starters in the Premier League this season, Seamus Coleman and Shane Duffy. Yeah, but Azerbaijan have nobody in the Premier League. So Yeah, but the Premier League isn't the only thing there is. Yeah, you can look. There's players in the Europa I think Rude Doctor has come in, say, we're going to go back to the grassroots and the bits and pieces. And we've brought these players through. Now, these come with a lot of attention two years ago. And Kevin knows as well, yes, it's okay coming with attention. But you've got to bring it to the party then when you arrive. Now, I still think you need time with international players to, to feed them in, give them their six to ten games. Listen, Kevin and I come a little bit later to international football, so it might have been a bit easier. But these boys have come without no real club football. So that's hard as well. And if, you, if Kevin had played for Cork City and got into Ireland as a regular starter, I'm sure he would have found it difficult. He had the base of Reading behind him. To play games now these boys need games in england for sure try parrot has done the right thing by going to league one adam Ida probably needs games but adam Ida is by far in my opinion our best all-round striker we have in terms of bringing people into play and and has the blinkers on to be a successful footballer so the rest of them need to catch speed with adam he's had a good couple of games so it's easy mm. to say that now of course jason malumby needs some games at west brom it'll suit him the style of play that west brom plays so we do have some players coming through, and it would be yeah. easy to, to take a cheap shot at Blue Doctor or the FBI or the grassroots and say that. But I believe in these young players coming through, and I think they'll do well in the future. Yeah, I, I wasn't making a cheap shot at them. I'm just, I, it's more yeah. of an overall perspective yeah. on where we're, you know, how we're developing. And there, you're right, there are players coming through. And that, look, it brings us to Stephen Kenny's future, really, because that's the point I want to make. And I'll just read out Eamon Sweeney in the Sunday Independent. And how has it come to this? 
Ireland have now gone 15 competitive games in a row without a win, scoring seven goals in the process. Not even the harshest critics of Kenny's appointment would have dared to predict such a scenario. What about those of us who believe that the new boss could achieve great things? If Ireland don't beat Serbia, we need to talk about Stephen because if a manager suffered a lot of unfair criticism when he first took the job, he's now benefiting from some unfair praise now. Is that fair, Kevin? Um, I'm trying. Uh, the, the, the football world in Ireland is so divided, Mick. It's uh, so divided. Civil war. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> like. I try my best, right? I'm on TV and I, I hate being too critical because I know the tough job he has. And I haven't been too good. Last night was probably the most critical I've been of him because how can I? It's hard to keep defending when we're not getting any points. We haven't won a competitive game. And, and, and you're allowed to criticize him while still thinking he can do a good job. Do you know? Uh, and people don't seem to. People, people are like, if you say anything bad about him, that's it. You're, you know forget you you're talking nonsense or the people who who don't like or the people who criticize them all the time um you know and vice versa there's just there's no seems to be happy medium ground here um i don't know i still think i don't know i want to see the next four games Nick. i'm still on the fence totally he i just see the squad he has in comparison everyone says this and other managers in the last four five ten years would have been gone by now and but other managers in fairness to Stephen, have had a stronger squad in the last 10 15 years i would like i would like to see it's i know it's only short term you might be able to do on the four games but i definitely want to see these four games out and just you know give him a chance that he becomes a bit more of a lucky manager uh, and gets you know gets a win or two and maybe the players are still playing for him you can't deny that i don't think anyone can say they're not trying for him they're definitely still trying for him um, and that's that's a big thing, you know. Players still seem to believe in them. You cannot. You often hear players afterwards saying, "Oh well, no, I believe in the manager." You know they're telling the lie. Right? But I, I think these players still still enjoy playing on her and still see what he's trying to yeah. do. But you know, there is going to come a point where you know it's going to become financially unviable because there's going to be no one in the stadium to watch the team if we keep losing. Mm -hmm. So, a big big one for someone, you know, in a more powerful position than any of us to make a decision on that. And it's again, there's. It's a, it's a talk who's out there right now who you change them with as well. And um, I, I'm so disappointed it came to this. Like, we all thought, listen, you accept all those poor results to begin with, and it's slowly, I know it's only a year, but slowly these games he'd win, and we'd be just starting to see a bit more daylight, I suppose. And we, we these last, you know, the Luxembourg and Azerbaijan games have just really not the stuff out me anyway in, in relation to it. Um, and I suppose to answer your question, I don't know, Mick. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see into the future on that, but I do feel for him. I do know he's definitely, you know, he's a tough task. And he brought a bit of that on himself as well. He did get rid of a lot of older players very quickly and put a lot of faith into you straight away. I thought he could have done that a lot more gently in the course of the last year. Um, but he went, he went that way. And um, yeah, I just I, I see these four games out and see, see how we feel at the end of it. I wouldn't rush into a decision either way. I, I, you know, there's no panic. There's no one in one sense going to come and steal Stephen when his contract's up office, you know, and, and in the other sense, there's no rush because we don't have a really competitive game for a year now. So um, once these qualifiers are over, it's a long time to the next qualification come in. So there's no rush in this decision. I think it needs to be really weighed up and talked about. Um, but you're, the, the whole civil war thing in Irish football seems to be you're either one or the other, and there's no middle mm. ground where you can have a decent argument about it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, I tweeted as much yesterday. It was that that's exactly it. You need to be able to say it's a problem without calling for a head and a spike. But yeah. uh, 
Stephen, would you agree with that? Is like a wait till the end of the campaign, one way or another. There's no point in a, a rushing in a new contract. There's no point in rushing to get out to get rid of him either. Yeah, listen, I, I think when Stephen took over, he had a lot of the backing of the press for the job for sure. If anybody else had gotten the job, would he have survived this long with less criticism or more criticism? I think he would have got criticised more. I think Stephen's got into the job, and then on the young players, I think he started off. Kev, you're right. He brought the young players in. He made his feelings clear. He wanted to go with youth. And then he stuck with it. So I think he's been really brave in his last two or three decisions not to bring back older players, experienced players. He just brought more younger players through, which in a way you can justify to the board in after four games. Well, actually, all these players have come through. They're all getting better. We're not playing too bad. I need another campaign. But you're right. The next four games are, are crucial for the Irish business side of things, getting people through the door, getting sponsors on board, how hard it will be if we don't win another game in the campaign to get a sponsor again in a couple of years' time. So it's vitally important that we, we get some results and we go forward. Yeah, absolutely. The reason I read out Eamon's piece there is as he paints himself as that supporter. There's obviously a lot of other people that we could, I could read out a lot more saying similar things, but they're coming from possibly a more neutral or a more anti-Kenny kind of agenda you know so it is interesting that all of the questions in the analysis seem to be how for how far can we go without results I remember having conversations Kevin with people you know in the last couple of years of O'Neill and like uh, even into Mick McCarthy's tenure really disappointing Ireland performances where you're thinking where are we going here maybe we're scraping results maybe we're not but we're going nowhere it's terrible football and people are saying like you know we need to forget about the senior team we need to build from up you need to look at the under 21s the other night we need to be bringing true players etc etc but when you see the reality of it it's yeah. not as easy as it is in theory to say throw out because games like last night and games like the Luxembourg game they're hard to take even if you do see a big plan in the future yeah yeah exactly Mick and, and Stephen said the financial side of it you know how long can you let it go and, and say we're building and, and bringing players through we 20,000 I think at DV last night we could have had 25,000 so we're obviously not selling out what we can sell out and and I'd imagine it'd be the same against Serbia and so from a whole paying for all this huge structure and paying for all these coaches in the FAI and, and trying to get sponsors in, you know, it's, it's, it becomes, you know, really, really difficult question for the CEO in four games time. If you see a bit of light, you know, if we get a win or two, it's amazing how quickly football changes. If Stephen can somehow come up with a win in the next four games, a win and a draw, a couple of whatever it might be, finish, finish it on, you know, this is, I'd imagine this is as low as it can be now, you know, finish it on some sort of a high and you can say, you know what, the, all the pain's been worth it. Um, and yeah, it's definitely worth giving them another two years, but it's, it's one they'll have to, it won't be just on, it'll, they'll have to wait up financially as well, um, the FAI and what it's going to cost them to, to allow this to be seen through. Um, you know, it's, it's just, so just and everyone's in the same situation. We're all everyone's having this conversation. All Irish fans are having the same conversation, and no one has no one has the right answer. It's all just opinions, obviously. Um, some some are more extreme than others, but it's 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 football. How does he get results? I keep going back to it. You know, and he needs. He's a manager of the senior international team, and he he has to realize he has to get a win. Work, go from clean sheet to begin with and he, the way he wants players to play the way he encouraged them we're always going to get decent football from him you know and so just back to a little bit of basics of keeping a clean sheet first of all make it a priority talk about it in the press make the players realise it we don't seem to have a, a fear or a, of a you know 
concede sloppy goals. He doesn't say anything about it in interviews. You know, this is all stuff you can be putting in their player's head. You know, we can't be conceding two goals against Portugal. Instead of saying it's a heroic performance against Portugal, no, come out and say we played well, but, you know, a bit of concentration. We need to beat Portugal away from home. You know, instead of saying brilliant from the players, it wasn't brilliant because we lost. And the same yesterday. You know, he said we should have won the game 4-1. Well, we didn't win the game 4-1. Yeah. Come out and say we need to be better, close down players, and, and get that in the player's head that it's not all right to to be sloppy and concede goals. We haven't, as I said, we haven't kept a clean sheet in how, how long. I don't know. We're going back a long time anyway. So, um, you know, Andorra scored against us from a set piece. So, listen, just... I really want them to do well and I, I, I'd love them just, you know, take the bull by the horns and sort of just go out and finish on a high and, and you know, be able to see through what he started. Because someone else might come in now and then use these players if, the, if he leaves and, and get the positives from all the sort of hard, dirty work that he's done to try to bring them through. Yeah. I think, clean sheet-wise, I think we drew nil all with Qatar in the friendly, but competitive-wise, I think it might be the Wales match in the Nations League at home, that nil all draw. Like, so it's going back a long time. Uh, just on um, uh, the future, Stephen, then, I was thinking about this a lot. Like, You get the feeling that where we are at the moment in terms of the finished article is probably as low as Ireland's first-choice eleven has ever been. As I mentioned, maybe two guys starting in the Premier League regularly, a few guys on the bench who are good players but just aren't getting a run in Championship, League 2, League 1, etc. But if you think that the likes of Zunu is are, is going to get a lot better, Omobadele is going to get a lot better, Darrow Shea is going to get a lot better, Jamie McGrath, Jason Knight, the three guys last night all starting, all still eligible for under-21s, we're going to have a better team, like almost certainly, in three or four years than we do now. Really good under-21 performance the other night as well. Like, there's talent coming that we're going to have a better football team. You, There's a worry for me that we go, we get somebody else in, they get credit for improving us, but ultimately we had the right man for this team when they come of age. That's definitely my concern about making a change. Yeah, I'll go back to Kevin, where during the game last night, I didn't see any kind of side pattern to where they weren't playing for the manager. Normally, you could get one or two players that would be moaning, complaining, pointing fingers at each other, bit of discontent. But I didn't see that. Maybe that's down to the manager's style of play where he was celebrating the goal when it, when it become one all. But maybe, listen, I know the Andrews, Kev knows as well, he'd be pretty ruthless in the background, demanding stuff to win the games. But it could be somebody else picks up the reins where Stephen Kenny has done all the hard work. The coaches in the background have put in infrastructure to go and do well, the physios there, they've, they've changed a whole lot in the background, not just the assistant manager, the goalkeeping coach has changed, everything has changed and everything is in Stephen Ke- Kenny's favour now to push him that way. So, oh, it's, a, it's a real difficult choice. Four games and four positive performances won't necessarily mean he keeps his job if he doesn't win a game, I don't think. So we need some wins and we need to find out, figure out how to win games. Mm. Can we win on Tuesday night, Kevin? We're going to get to the teams that both of you would pick. Uh, we've got the, the Ladbrokes odds for the game here. You Look, you were a bit interested in 20-1 uh, to 1 about Ireland uh, in Faro the other night. It wouldn't have worked out, but it was an interesting one. 12-5 to 5 is a lot more, uh, I suppose, reasonable um, for this game. But, you know... Um, Will we take a draw and a happy, uh, like, you know, a happy go lucky? Let's, you know, get the ship back on on the straight and narrow type performance. Or do we just need to go and win one of these games? Yeah. 
Well, we do. We always have a bounce back from a poor performance, don't we? Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and vice versa. A good performance against a big team, we seem to play crap the next game against the team we should be. So I'm going to go for a good performance from us. Um, but very much depending on the team I see that he picks, to be honest. Um, and going back on what we were talking about earlier, I'd love to see him, you know, try to sell a team for a couple of games. Um, see what team he picks. But if, if I'm happy, if, if I like what the team he picks, I think we can we can give it a good go. We still wait from home against Serbia. We, we saw that, like, we can deal with them. We can go ahead. We can score goals against them. And a little bit of sloppy play cost us again. Um, I'd like to see see the team he picks, but I definitely think we can get something from the game. Um, yeah, listen, I'm always optimistic. Um, I thought last night would be a tough game. I thought we would get something from it, though. I thought we'd win it, sorry. Um, I didn't expect it to be a draw. I thought it would be tough, and it was. Um, and I think Serbia, I, I, I fancy us, I nearly fancy us more against Serbia to get something than I did against Azerbaijan, to be honest. Mm. That's interesting. And just because we play better against against the better teams. Yeah, well, like we, we, as you said, we can't break teams down. So as a example, sitting against us, you know, yeah. and, and we can't break them down. But Serbia will come out and play a bit more, and we're better on the counter attack. We see that against them away from home. We see that against Portugal. So the better teams come, put a bit of pressure. We don't mind sitting back and soaking up. And then we've got if we've got good wing backs, if we have Seamus there, I think if we've matched already, we're brilliant against Portugal, but breaking, getting up the pitch, um, a bit of pace up front. Um, that's why I'd probably pick Connolly again because you know, as frustration as frustrating as he has been at times, mm. it has that little bit of just a little bit of extra pace that others don't have, and I, you know, a little bit is you know frustrating. And he, I think he goes down too easily, and he, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more in him. I'd like to see him play another game I, um, and give him another go yeah. because he has that bit of pace, but. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see McGrath play again. I thought it was excellent against Portugal. So yeah, um, yeah, depending on the yeah. team, you have it up here. The team that you picked, yeah. yeah. So like, I think it'd be a Portugal type performance. We'd be sitting, soaking things up, and good on the counter attack. And that's why playing against a better team seems to suit us. Has done historically, really, to be honest with you. Um, mm. And uh, why I'd be more, I suppose, a little bit more confident than it would have been against than against Azerbaijan. And it's the same team basically that played the majority of the game yeah. against um, against Portugal. Obviously, after Daro Shea went off injured. Yeah, I thought you know I don't know why he didn't do that last night. I'm repeating myself again. Obviously, I don't know why he would want to unsettle it and change it. Just it felt like he was tweaking it for the sake of it. You know, to me, I don't know. He might not have more fitness figures, and I don't like going on fitness figures and what players might have run in a game because they're human beings and you know they're at their. You know, just because a, a computer says you ran this much, so you, you shouldn't play next week. There's a chance of injury in three days' time. You won't have recovered. I don't, you know, adrenaline and playing for your country in front of a home crowd gets rid of all that. So I don't go with that crap. You, you, if you want to play and you say you're ready to play, play him. I, I wouldn't be going on. Oh, he's played ninety minutes. He might be a bit tired after coach when you travel. That to me is a little, you know, a load of. Like, that's fair enough. At a club over a forty game season and you've played thirty games and they need to give you a few games off because you're showing signs of maybe going to get an injury or ever going international window like that I, I don't believe in it and I think they should have stuck with stuck with what was going quite well out there mm. were you playing in the famous bounce back game after the uh, after the Cyprus game we drew with the Czech Republic a couple of days later I, fa- I failed the fitness test in Cyprus out there right. I knew you weren't in that game anyway yeah yeah. I failed it I was devastated <laughs> we beat Cyprus and I had a chance of a goal or two here and I failed the fitness test beforehand Um so now I, I, I tore ligaments in my ankle, so I missed I missed the Cyprus game, thank God, <laughs> as it turned out. And then, yeah, I wasn't available for, for the bounce-back uh, 
about that game where we had a, yeah threw together all sorts of players and we got a great result. Mm. That does tend to happen with Ireland, though, and I suppose if you look at the difference now, Stephen, I'll get to your team in a second for Serbia, is, you know, there was a lot of injuries back then, don't get me wrong, but to, to the point about um, to the point about the squad still being with Stephen, I think the proof is in the fact that people aren't on a plane home today, and the, at least from what we've heard so far, and there does tend to be a lot of niggly injuries after game two of a triple header, and stuff like that you know and they, they, look you have to take them on each one individually on their merits but over time you see a pattern and that pattern does seem to be lads kind of sticking in there don't isn't it yeah listen obviously kevin and i have a little bit of insight in what you hear is that they are trying to warm and they are getting better as a team better as a as a coaches as manager and the squad are gelling to get a better than what he had at the start listen nobody knew who stephen was at the start coming from london especially the players in the UK of his, of his ways and his manner as well. Let's, let's put it straight. Stephen Kenny is different in how he approaches things. He, he could go silent for three or four seconds in an interview and you've got to figure out what he's thinking, how his emotions are. And so, but his pattern of play and his template of playing has never changed. And I think that takes bravery as well, in fairness to him, to keep going that way, keep believing in his bits and pieces. But he's got to figure out that just that 5-10% of how to be ruthless, and how to win games and keep a clean sheet, as Kevin says. Mm. Let's have a look at your team. There is a couple of changes from what Kevin has. It's a similar enough formation. Uh, you're very, very specific about the order of where the back three play as well, you were saying beforehand. Yeah, Kevin was me sticking about Duffy playing on the right. I think he wanted him to play in the middle. But I was, I was keen for Duffy to mark somebody on the day. I think he likes physical contact with people and obviously scored a good goal from a set piece. I'd like to see us score more goals from set pieces. But I picked... Connor Huran in midfield based on his left footed. I think Matt Doherty will play on the inside with his right foot. And then Connor can obviously play around the corner. I would favour playing down the left side at the moment with Horgan. He looks very promising. If he starts in the hole for me and drifts out to the left, he's very effective and gets deliveries in the box. Starting mm. with Collins, I can hear all the Irish fans going, oh my God. <laughs> but generally, he might take the heat off Adam Ida, Adam Ida, Kevin was saying about he should be able to play games. Yes, I agree. That's why he's playing. But he might take the physical load off Adam. And then Adam maybe can do some more of them runs we've seen in behind instead of coming short all the time. Mm. Yeah, I see where you're coming from on that uh, in, in the midfield there, especially. But like, where is uh, I'm just interested in both of you, not suggesting he should be, but it's interesting to me that neither of you have gone for Callum Robinson, who I thought definitely like, seemed to just offer something completely different when he came on. I know he probably missed a couple of chances, but he was also creating them more than anybody else was, Kevin, when he came on yesterday. Yeah, he'd be the one, I suppose, in my selection, it'd be either him or Connolly. Um, yeah. and you're dead right, he was lively when he came on. I was just, you know, I'd just the manager said the reason I didn't pick him was the manager was saying he didn't feel he could play uh, in 90 minutes. So that's why I don't have him on my team. He's still suffering the side effects of either not training or maybe of, of having COVID. I don't know which one it was, um, whether it was just from lack of training or not. And he didn't feel he could play 90. So that's why I don't have him starting. Um, but if he felt he could play, um, you know, start and be fresh enough to play 67 minutes, well, then I'd have him. I'd probably have him over Connolly. Yeah. Mm, what about the, the Stevens Twin Towers approach? Collins and Edo up front. Um, yeah, uh, listen, Collins is a more traditional centre forward, and he was right. He would take pressure off. He probably he scored as well. He scored. He scored out in Serbia. Was it his goal in Serbia? Yeah. So things like that, little things like that in your head. If you scored against before, 
you have that sort of uh, score against him again. So, yeah, I, I have no problem with playing Collins either. Um, I wouldn't play the two of them together. To be, I don't know. I, 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 in my head, I feel they're a bit similar. They're, they're more to link up and hold up play. But, you know, obviously, could be proved totally wrong on that. But um, I feel they'd be a bit too similar. I, I would, you know, if I was playing Collins, I would play him with Robinson um, mm. or Connolly. So, yeah. Um, but I have no problem with playing Collins. Uh, he scored plenty of goals. You know, talking about getting goal scores in the team. He's, you know, at a lower level in England, but still scoring goals and scoring goals. And he's played, scored, scored plenty of goals over his career. But a lot more than that. And, Adamida has done so you can see a, uh, a reason for maybe starting him but Ida just to me his link up play and how he's played the two games he probably deserves the nod mm. uh, Serbia have obviously been very good so far in this campaign uh, Stephen they're top of Mitrovic has seven goals in the four games he's absolutely on fire at the same time I still don't think Serbia are that much better for Dennis player player on player now, obviously, they're in great form. We're in terrible form. They beat us 3 1 already. We say we played well and lost 3 1. So, you have to understand why they're favorites. But we're at home here in front of a crowd at the Aviva. Like, it's time to start kind of like putting aside form and start saying we expect to at least get to not be beaten here. It's fair to say we're not playing France. Like. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Serbia, we'd have played actually, Kevin, probably Serbia would have been one of the teams we've played against many a time. They don't like the heat. At the back, they don't like being put under pressure. I think we can get at them. It's so old-fashioned saying they don't like to be put under pressure. But it is a general closing down rule, get after the ball, get the ball up the pitch and, and win it high up. And then obviously, hence the reason why I think I have Collins in the team. If the game is going the other way, we have an outlet of a long ball where he can win headers. Probably better than Adam at the moment, I agree. Yes, Robinson and Connolly are very good options to, to run in behind as well. And listen, I'm looking forward to the game. I think we'll... We'll hopefully be on the front foot with it. I was really enthusiastic about Portugal. I wasn't that angry at the game last night. I was disappointed. Mm. And as Kevin, you feel dejected after the game. That's because he actually didn't do too bad. And we've all been there. But we've won many games in the past where fans have come away going, geez, that wasn't very pretty. But we've yeah. always found a way of, of winning. Whether it was, if I come on for 15, 20 minutes, a James McLean coming on for 15, 20 minutes is going to go similar in the last 10-15 minutes can actually just pick the crowd up and if we can get a goal early on and, and hang on and get a clean sheet it would be, be good for the team and for the manager obviously yeah funny enough you come up in conversation during the week Stephen as somebody that uh, injected a bit of life into games when you come on over said in the canal end in Crow Park a good few times uh, uh, always sort of but there, uh, look I'm, I'm sort of joking here bringing it up but Genuinely, coming off the bench is a specific job for a team when you're chasing a goal, isn't it? And it's, it's injecting that bit of life into a team that might be a little bit static. Is there, like there is some, there is some method to that, isn't there? Like that, that what we need is possibly what Robinson did more than anybody else last night. Horgan maybe for the first couple of minutes, but we need our subs to come on and kind of lift the entire team. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think Dal Horgan is actually really good at it in terms of coming on and getting to the pace of the game. I think James McLean can carry the ball up the pitch in, in areas that will take pressure off the team as well. So he'll be vital if he's, and to be fair, he might be starting. So listen, I, I think we have good options. We have, I think we've got to figure out that little way of playing a different bit for five, 10 minutes if we have to go along and then go back to our way of playing. Maybe a trigger point in, in the system, in the, in the play, just to try and get us a clean sheet and, and get us a goal. Yeah. Okay. Predictions then. We need, we need, with four games left, we need results for us to have positivity going into whatever the next, the Nations League before the European Championships. Kevin, you go first. What's our prediction for this one? 
Oh, we haven't had enough talk about a clean sheet. Can we have a clean sheet? Um, I don't think we will have a clean. I'm going to go. To, I'm going to go two one home win. Okay. All, actually, I know, you know me here on this. I'm always positive. I always try to see the brighter side in it. And um, I think we'll be better than we were against Azerbaijan. I think it'll suit us more. And um, I'll go for a 2 1 home win. 2 1 home win. Stephen? Oh, it was either 2 1 or 3 1. So I'm going to go <laughs> 3 1 in my head. Uh, my heart is, is, is different, but I'm going to go 3 1 in my head. Uh, for a Seamus Coleman goal and hopefully the wing backs will play up as first goal scorer and a 3-1 win I can't see us keeping a clean sheet based on how we play and how we go forward I think Josh Cullen over two games has done very well actually and probably a player that's gone under the radar so yeah, hopefully absolutely. he can do a good job for the team yeah, it's a good shout on Cullen, actually, because he hasn't brought up. He's probably been Ireland's best overall player in the two games. But, lads, two home wins here we're getting in predictions. There's people watching here. If I read the papers today and listen to this conversation, it's two very different things, I have to say. But I love the positivity. It's exactly what we want. And we still do have a game on Tuesday where hopefully the Aviva will be whatever it is, half full, that all the tickets are sold anyway for the 25,000 people. But thanks a million. Anyway, we've, we've, we've left this conversation with a bit of positivity, which I certainly didn't expect when we started talking about 45 minutes ago. So, sure. Yeah, you got to know your million. players and pros. But generally, Kevin and I are a very positive mix, so we'll go with it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely yeah why not uh thanks a minute again to kevin doyle and to stephen hunt uh brilliant stuff as always uh if you're having a bet on the game we've talked about odds and we've talked about predictions and so on so on and so forth if you're having a prediction or a bet on the game on tuesday night or any other sport at all please always gamble responsibly visit dunlewy.net for more information we'll be back with you uh very shortly for more look ahead um to various uh different games and we'll have the build up back with you of course next week but that was um our preview of ireland versus serbia with a slight bias towards to look back on a disappointing result with azerbaijan but thanks for watching and we'll see you soon